Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate People, broadcasting from beautiful downtown Kalamazoo. This is episode 16, recorded Sunday. No, we're lying. It's Monday, the 1st of August. Sorry about the delay. I am your host, Simon Potter, and with me is a man who bought a car for his wife. <laughs> now, now I've said it, you got to do it. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I know your daughter listens to this. No, buy, buying your own. No, she listens to Flashpoint. Damn it. <laughs> Almost had you. Um, plus, you know, I think the, the days of buying cars are, are very numbered. Um, the drive, you know, I was listening again today, five to ten years, a lot of people in driverless cars, no one buying their own cars. But they have to because the legislation hasn't caught up yet. Yeah, I would have thought within ten years it will. Uh, politicians? Oh, yeah, but we're slightly better than America. Slightly. Politicians haven't come to terms with the internet yet. No, true. My understanding, I think it's Queensland. I, I did hear somewhere that one of the states is actually already looking at legislation. Oh, I'm sure they'll put it into a committee, subcommittee, and then a royal commission. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe 15, 20 years we might hear something from them. All right, I'll buy a car, damn it. You've convinced me. It doesn't have to be a good car. Oh, good. I've got that out then. could be a BMW i3. <laughs> oh, you do live down amongst the rest of us sometimes, don't you? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, this is David Holloway. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Nice to be back. On, um, yeah, like Simon said, apologies for the delay. I'm horrified to realise that the last episode was in late June. Late June, and it's we've missed one. It's August now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think we missed by a week because I'm incapable of watching dates. So apologies for that. Oh well, you are the producer. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So we have a, a, a jam-packed shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> desperately, desperately grasp topics that we may or may not be able to fill. <laughs> An, in, an entire show with, so but we'll give it a shot. But entire C can be defined as anything from five minutes to 50, so we're all good. Yes, yes, this could be the penultimate triumph. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that people use penultimate instead of ultimate? Yeah, it's one of those, oh. So they don't know what penultimate means? That's right, because it's the second to last, isn't it? It's the last, yeah. Yes. So never refer to anything as penultimate unless you're going to be doing it again the next day or something. That's, and I'm wondering when the whole literally phase will die out as well. Uh, no, the, the word will just change meaning. God. Oh, never mind. I'm literally going to smash my head in over it. Well, what about uh, people not adding L-Y to, so drive safe instead of drive safely? Oh, yeah. Your little bugbears? Oh, yeah. Too so- many to name. So drive fast should be drive fastly. That could take off. You, you better not. Yeah, you should do that as a test. Is start using it widely and see if it spreads. I, I was. Uh, I had a work colleague once, uh, who I know definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, uh, many years ago, who used the word ongoingly uh, regularly, and it did spread through about half the population of the office. Yeah. Well, so does herpes. Yeah, I know. So people will say, ongoingly, we're going to do this. Or, 
you know, I want to make sure this meeting is on... I, no, it was more ongoingly we are going to do something was the context. That's almost as bad as the learnings. Yeah, what, what, what are your learnings from this session? Yeah, I really want to punch people in the throat when they say that. I See, I think I might be guilty of that one here and there, but agree. Well, you, you can't help but pick this sort of nonsense up when you work in that kind of environment, but you have to stay strong. And strong's what we do so well here at We Hate People. It is, and in trials of strength, would Hillary win or would Donald win, do you think? <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, that's been a fascinating week. I wish I could have watched um, the both the Republican and Democrat uh, conventions. They're called, yeah, conventions uh, um, live. But I didn't actually work out the time zones. But it would have been during the work, like during the day here, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. So I've, so I've watched uh, Obama's speech, Bill Clinton's speech, I think about half of Hillary's speech, and I got waylaid by something um, of an evening on YouTube, and um, so that's the Democratic one. I must admit I didn't watch much of the Republican one. Um, how did you Did you watch much of it? I, I tried to listen to bits and pieces of it. Pieces of it. Uh, I listened to some of the roll call at the RNC, and that was troubling. Yes. <laughs> uh, the... the Roll call at the DNC was a wow. Was that self congratulatory? It was, and I, I don't. I'd miss Joe Biden's, but I heard it went okay. I did enjoy Bill Clinton's. I watched. I think I watched the whole forty minutes or so of his. I, I mean, you know, he's never going to say, "Oh, look, I'm not so sure about Hillary." But taking that into account, I still thought it was an entertaining speech, and I thought Obama's was very good. Yes, and uh, and uh, Michelle Obama as well. Yeah, I missed that one as well. Yeah. And Chelsea, I thought Chelsea did well, but then considering that basically she's the the uh, the child of what's probably going to be two U.S. presidents, you'd expect her to have a little bit of ability in that area. Yes, unless it skips a generation. <laughs> no, you're right. Chat for her kids. Yeah, that's right. Assuming she doesn't do what Cher's kid did and have a gender swap. Mm. You never know. You never know. You could be looking at one right now. Well, probably not in your case, because <laughs> I'm just thinking. What are you saying? Probably looking at a wall. Unless you're looking in a mirror. Are you looking in a mirror, David? No, never. No. No. Okay. Me either. No. It's like I'm like a vampire. I either, I'm scared I won't see myself, or I just won't like what I see. Oh, oh, I don't think Donald has that problem. No, so, I mean... Actually, neither. let's be fair, neither of them have that problem. No, no, I'm sure they've both got extremely healthy egos. I think even if you took half of what Bill Clinton and the others said about Hillary as true, so let's say half of it's untrue and that other half's filled up with the fact that she's, you know, in the payroll of bankers and all that stuff she's accused of, she's still a, you know, she's saintly candidate compared to Trump. Yeah, and let's face it, the Democrats always manage to get a better roster of stars. It's like the Labor and Liberal parties in Australia, it's the same. You have a Labor launch and you got, you know, well, you did have Whitlam. You had Whitlam, Keating, Hawke, um, and now Julia and Kevin wouldn't come near the place. And then you have the Liberals and you've got John Howard. 
Yeah, no, I wasn't. I was actually thinking of like proper stars, not just. Oh, I just throws the celebrities they get in. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I'd still argue that analogy applies to Labor and Liberal. Um, oh, I think it does because I don't, I don't think you tend to find as many as many uh, entertainers, musicians, actors, whatever, on the on the right hand side of politics. I mean, the best the Republicans could do. Was one of what was it Scott Bio or Bayo? Yes, and, uh, one of the dudes from Duck Dynasty. And there are some other supporters of Trump. I saw a, a article the other day. People like Sylvester Stallone. There are a couple of others that were supporters, but they were obviously not enough of a supporter to come out at the convention, or they weren't asked. I would have thought, though, if they thought Stallone was a big supporter, there's no way you wouldn't get him up there. Well, they got Clint Eastwood up to interview an empty chair the last one so that was uh, oh, that's right that was that was riveting that's one of the reasons why i'm not surprised that trump's wife uh had that little issue with uh, the the alleged plagiarism oh yeah i don't think the rnc vets the speeches they're just happy to have people actually want to go up on stage i oh, particularly this one because i think it just stands out that probably half the republican party movement don't even want trump there so you can imagine it was a bit half-hearted well, they don't. I mean, that was that was one of the problems with the whole roll call. Was they were trying to get that uh, that uh, pushed, or they were trying to get it pushed until later, so that would actually happen during or after the primetime network pickups. Yeah, and humiliate him, which so, didn't work. But uh, they they gave it a shot. So the interesting question I haven't read enough to know whether. So would the two Bushes, for example, have been invited? To, to say stuff? Oh, they would have, but they, I think it's been made quite clear that they don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, given the way he talked to Jeb during the primaries, and so I'm not surprised. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that seasoned politicians know to look past that sort of thing, not to take it too personally. I think it's just simply they don't like his politics and they don't like him. Yeah. And that, that out, they don't think he's good for the party. But uh, I did read a very interesting article, which I can't remember a great deal of, but I, I did tweet the link, um, basically picking up how the current situation in the Republican Party at the moment can be traced back basically to Barry Goldwater's uh, defeat in the 60s, I think it was. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting read, just how the the whole party kind of made a... Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a sudden turn towards a particular segment of the right, uh, and that's basically where they've ended up now. This this is the ultimate, not the penultimate, but the the ultimate destination. I suspect it could be the penultimate. There could be some, maybe the the part the GOP will hold together for another election cycle. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it's going to be able to survive this without fragmenting. Quite honestly, and if it does, um, it's going to be a different landscape and it'd be interesting so let's if he loses i could see the fracturing in the republican movement may not be actually as bad as if he wins because i would have thought if he wins and i can't imagine he's going to be that easily reined in by the party machine i could see a lot of fracturing of the party just because they can't have any real control over him yeah yeah, that's that's the real thing, isn't it? Is how much control can anyone really have over him? Apparently, he doesn't. He doesn't have a very long attention span. He tends to get distracted easily. 
which I, I can well believe just from just from the, the his Twitter account, if nothing else. I mean, some of the things he was he's been he, he was, what is it, I think he actually phoned into Fox Fox TV or one of the Fox radios during um, what is he was it gov- is he a governor or a senator the uh, Pence the uh, oh Mike Pence yeah uh, I think he's a governor yeah well while he was giving his speech Trump was calling into into a Fox station to <laughs> say what he, he thought about whatever had just crossed his mind or what he had for lunch or. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it's reached the, reached the point where I did find it uh, interesting and amusing because I just I basically like seeing things get stirred up and the the establishment rattle. I, I just get a bit of I, I, I take great pleasure in that. I'm not a big fan of the status quo. I think you need no. you need to shake the um, shake or kick the ant hill every now and then. Otherwise, people get very complacent and they. Uh, what do they say about um, what's that saying about freedom and uh, diligence about defending it? Or oh, the George Michael song? Sorry. Yes, that's exactly what I. <laughs> freedom and di- um, nah, yeah. See, I'm not cultured enough to know good sayings like that. Uh, the price of uh, freedom is eternal vigilance. Oh yeah, yeah. So I have heard that one. That's the saying I was trying to think of. Is that Lincoln or something? I think that might be Lincoln. Could be. I tell you what, I think Lincoln to be a Democrat, he certainly wouldn't want to belong to this grand old party. But that just gives you an idea of how much to a particular corner of the spectrum they've gone to. And I know the spectrum doesn't have corners. Shut up. Get over it. Thank you. <laughs> but, That's right. And apparently it's not Lincoln. Um, and it's mistakenly attributed to the Irish lawyer and politician John Philpot Curran. Curran and frequently to Thomas Jefferson, but neither of them actually said it. Oh, I would have thought Franklin would have said it. Yeah, there you go. Whoever said it, though, is correct. Yeah, agreed. And there's far too much complacency, both in the establishment and in the in the people that just may or may not bother to vote. So I think it's because that's part of the problem. I think is that complacency, you, especially if you just end up in an echo chamber like. A lot of us do, let's be honest. And that's why Trump surprised so many people by appearing out of apparently nowhere. And who are all these people voting for him? I can't believe it, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but there's the same thing happened with the Brexit, let's face it. Half, almost half the country just didn't want to get out. And you can't just say, oh, it's the old people, because uh, check your statistics, folks. That's not exactly correct. There's a lot more to that story than that. Oh, but, yeah. If you want to oversimplify it to make a a clever little joke or whatever or impress your friends, by all means do it, but um, it doesn't make you any less incorrect. No, and I think that's what's going to save Hillary is the getting out of the vote that the democratic machine uh, apparently is so much better organised. It'll come down to how many people they can get out to booths and vote, and I think with a bit of luck that it'll be enough... It'll be just how they go in the southern states to get people out to vote. They, sh- you know, should be able to pull it over the line. Yeah, I think they will. I think the Democrats will probably win, but we'll just have to see how the Republican campaign can shake itself down or shake off some of the the history. But quite honestly, I, with the best will in the world, I, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to appeal to enough people. 
because there's enough people on the Republican. Granted, there's plenty of plenty of Republicans who can't stand the Clintons. Hell oh, yeah, uh, and there's um, there's obviously some Democrats that feel the same way. Um, mind you, as, as Bill Maher said, um, Bernie supporters can't complain about being silenced because they won't shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> so they so there's obviously you know there's this unity in both camps, but. Yeah, I, I would suspect there's more Republicans or Republican-leaning voters who aren't happy about what's happened with their party than there are Democrats not happy with what's happening in theirs. So, yeah, it depends whether their dissatisfaction does actually get them out to vote. Well, I think of all Republican voters uh, above the age of 50 as being like Howard Cunningham in Happy Days because he was a registered Republican. And I, I know he would be horrified about Trump and would vote Democrat. Isn't Tom Bosley dead? There is that, and the fact that he wasn't, like, yeah, Howard Cunningham didn't reflect Tom Bosley, but you're right. In, in all aspects, it's a stupid analogy, but I just love Happy Days. It, it, it was a good show, and it did give us Jumping the Shark. That's right, and it gave us Scott Bayo. Oh, yes. Chachi. What did he do after Joni Loves Chachi? No, well, he was in Happy Days, and then, then there was the, the uh, offshoot. Joni Loves Chachi, which was a abysmal failure from him. I don't think I've actually saw it. But, um, and then, oh no, it was um, Charles in Charge. Did you never watch that show? That was, yeah, but that wasn't a, oh, that's right. But that wasn't a spin-off of... Um, Happy Days, no, no, no. Happy Days gave us uh, Mork and Mindy and Laverne and Shirley. So that's it did, right. did have a couple of popular spin-offs. Yeah, but no, no, no. Charles in Charge was a totally different show. Um, yes. And it, it's all relevant because Gary Marshall died since we last did a We Hate People podcast. Yeah. Mind you, I think Penny Marshall's turned into Gary Marshall. She seems to be seems to be sort of drifting in that direction. And Penny Marshall was Gary Marshall's daughter, yeah? Yep. Yeah. And star of little co star of Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, Laverne and Shirley, yeah, yeah. Very very successful director, I think, hasn't Jan produced? Yeah. I like I like that show as well. Well, Shirley. the theme tune never quite leaves your brain, does it? Nope. All those shows. I mean, it's just showing my age, and this is. I mean, and I'm not actually attempting a segue, but you've just led me naturally to it. Um, recently, watching a series on Netflix has brought back some of the power of those shows. At the time, I was watching them as a kid, and um, a lot of people I thought that listening to this will have already seen this or at least heard the hype around it. Fuller House, I've heard it's great. <laughs> oh God, I've heard to say I've never watched that. No, I did watch probably too many episodes of the original, uh, but never particularly enjoyed it to be honest. Although Jesse had a hell of a mullet on him. Oh yes, yes he did. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have aged. Is he still in it? What, John Stamos? No, no, no. Jesse was the blonde-haired dude that was John Stamos's, I can't remember, friend, brother, whatever it was. Oh, right. Yeah, John Stamos had a hell of a mullet too. Oh, the, the blonde one that thought he was supposed to be the funny one, but actually... Yes. So he's like the me of, of Full House. No one can win with this sort of comparison... Which uh, is why I'm not going to pursue it any further. That's because you're a nice man. But I have heard Stranger Things, mind you. <laughs> so, yeah, Stranger Things. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it or watched it. Um, 
I would say it's a, uh, one of the best things I've ever seen on Netflix. I would put it up there, even though it's in no way, shape or form, similar sort of show. I'd put it up there in quality with Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Um, oh, what are the other... I've watched a few. Oh, like Orange is the New Black, um, Bloodline, all those sort of ones. It is a really top-notch show. So I'll avoid... Yeah, we'll avoid spoilers because a lot of people may not have seen it. Well, give us set it up. Give, set yeah, it up. yeah, set it up. Set in the 1980s with a great deal of accuracy, I would argue. Uh, no year is actually alluded to, but if I was going to guess 83, 84, maybe even slightly earlier, um, set in a town in the US called Hawkins that has a Department of Energy facility there. Show starts off, so I'm not giving anything too much away there. Um, a scientist running, trying to get away from this basement area, the Department of Energy, and something gets him. Story revolves around th- uh, three, or sorry, f- four friends. It, it has a real ET feel about it initially, and inc- at, at that level of, it looks like it was shot in the 1980s, and it's you know these four boys you know, riding around on their bikes and, and getting involved in stuff. Really, really cool. But it, it takes a much darker turn, but still safe for, say, teenagers, early teenagers and above to watch as a general rule. Lots of teen teen storyline, adult storyline, sci-fi storyline or, or spooky horror sort of storyline, but nothing too much over the top. But just uh, it's got Winona Ryder as uh, one of the key roles. Um and you you would barely recognise it was her. Um, and Matthew Modine plays the, the nasty scientist. And I actually don't know a lot of... I know Matthew Modine's name, but if you ask me what he's been in before, I would be hard-pushed to tell you based on what he looks like in this. Oh, he's been in a few things. That, uh, he was in that uh, World War Two movie ages ago about the... the um... Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. Oh yeah, he was in that. But uh, there's a another one he was in that was where he played a, a World War Two pilot. Uh, okay. Written. Forgot the name of that, but that Memphis Bell. That's what. Yeah, it's there it is. Yeah, I'm just looking. Oh, yeah, he's got. He's that, been a lot of stuff. That's a good movie. He's been quite a few things. Most recently, I think most people would probably recognise him from. Was it the? I think the. What was the last Batman movie called? Not yeah, the, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Rises. He was the uh, the the police officer that found his his courage finally. That's right. Uh, led the led the march on City Hall. Yeah, I'm just having a look. Yeah, he's, God, he's done a lot more movies than I realised. Anyway, he's the villain. I just, it's without giving too much away, it's got all the aspects. It's like a cross between E.T., uh, Doctor Who, and I don't mean that in a time travel way, just as far as weird, weird stuff going on in alternate dimensions. Um, Acting is brilliant. There is a central character, I won't even say who it is, but it's a younger person. It's not um, that I can see her going on to a massive acting career just based on her efforts in this show. Um, Just cannot recommend it highly enough for... If you grew up in the 1980s, you're going to love this, albeit for those of us in Australia, it's not what we, we knew but it's more what we saw on the movie screen in you know, movies like E.T. and Poltergeist and, and that sort of stuff. But there are enough familiar bits and pieces from an 80s childhood to, to make it a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, most of it's probably quite familiar by osmosis. Oh, that's right. I, I mean, 
I'm guessing you've been to America, Simon. I know the first time I went to the US, I just found it surreal from that viewpoint of, you know, 25, 30 years at that stage of US popular culture and, and actually going across and going, well, this all just seems like a big movie set. Well, I certainly felt that walking, going the first time I went to Disneyland because yeah. I've been watching, you know, the wonderful world of Disney or Disney's Wonderful World of Colour or whatever those yeah, yeah. shows. They were always on Sunday. Sunday night. It's o'clock. So, yeah, watching that and then just actually walking down Main Street, USA, that was a bit surreal, I have to admit. But, I, yeah, I just went through California. I drove down from San Francisco down to L.A., uh, took the coast road rather than the main freeway. And I oh, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Love Memorial Day weekend. I don't actually recommend that um, if you're a first-time driver um, in the States. Um, um, Winnebago's can be a little bit uh, clumsy navigating cliff roads. Let's just put it that way. See, how many movies and TV shows involve Winnebago's on cliff roads alone? I would have to say at least half a dozen. Just even when you said that, I, could, I think it might have been on chips or something like that. There was some, you know, tense chase involving a Winnebago on coastal roads in California. Well, it's probably appropriate that um, it was the CHP that uh, arranged for the uh, the tow truck to pull the car back up the cliff. So, yeah. And isn't it funny that um, Eric Estrada is now a bicycle cop? Did you see that in the last six weeks or so? That's awesome. How old is he now? For he's, he's, yeah, he's not young. I looked it up at the time. and uh, Apparently he's been a cop for a few years but uh, has done some motorcycle cop work in the last six to 12 months. So I think there was a picture of him as a motorcycle cop. How funny is that? Oh, good for him. Um, yeah, he'd have... I think he's late 60s. Um, see, I now need to look it up. Cycling keeps... Yeah, he's 67. Wow. So there well, you go. Well, good for him. It's it's good that... I think it, we've long passed the point where you can just say, oh, I'm retiring at 55, I'm retiring at 60, blah, blah, blah. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a picture of him. Who, a, who can afford to do that anymore? And B, most people just seem to wither on the vine when they've retired unless they've... They're yeah. Going off to their holiday homes in Bermuda or other such nonsense, in which case, well, enjoy your holiday home in Bermuda because the things you did to earn the money for that are probably going to consign you straight to hell. So have fun. That's right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think the days of retiring early well and truly gone. I mean, he's 67, and apparently, to be fair, for total transparency, he's a reserve officer. Um, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. As a 67, but he was sworn in um, in uh, July. So this month, St Anthony's Police Department. That would be funny. And it's, there's a picture of him with a bike. That would be damn funny getting pulled up by him. How, how's he looking? Um, he's looking like he's either had lots of surgery or he's got, or he's got that lovely um, Latino skin that just makes him look 20 years younger than what he is. Let's assume it's natural. Yeah, I, I, I tend towards that. He just looks great. Oh, it's great that he's still doing something active. Yeah. If, if only all uh, faded stars could 
could do that. Well, if you look at... Um, I've just seen a picture of him and Larry Wilcox, who was his partner on Chips. Larry hasn't aged so well. No, well, he was very fair-skinned. Yeah. So, there you go, Chips. There was a childhood show. Oh, I still remember the theme tune. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, I've got it on iTunes. How sad's that? That's... <laughs> Pretty sad. Uh, I had a deprived childhood. Tweet David and let him know how sad it was. <laughs> That's right. All right, so yeah, Stranger Things, please watch it. Only eight episodes, 45 minutes an episode. It's an easy binge. Um, I know my family, I watched it and nagged my family to watch it and they're now hooked on it. And I think as we speak, watching the watch the second last episode, one to go. So it's a bit of a mystery show, really, is it? It is, and this is not giving anything away. It does set it up nicely for season two, although Netflix haven't confirmed that there will be a season two. But from what I gather, the the viewing numbers on it would make it a no-brainer to renew. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I can't think of a segue, so I'll just ask you, have you seen the new Star Trek movie? No, and I haven't actually seen... What, the first of the new one, because this is the second of what I would call the new Star Trek movies, yeah? This is the third one. Third one, so I haven't seen the first two. Uh, you can skip the first two and just see this one. So this is better than the first two? I, I would say it's better than the first two. I would say it's actually probably as good as probably the movies that starred the original cast. It's better than anything that the, the okay. next generation cast did. Easily. Good stuff. Um, yep. It's not... Uh, I don't know how to explain. I always feel guilty that I don't like Star Trek more than I do. And just while we're talking about childhoods, I think it's because in my, the country town where I grew up, we didn't have access to Star Trek on the one TV channel. So I never saw the original series. Um, I saw Star Wars before, and correct me if I'm wrong, but chronologically the first Star Wars movie came out before the first Star Trek movie. Uh, correct. So I saw the first Star Wars movie and I did see the first Star Trek movie and it just paled. Like after Star Wars, I went, yeah, because I hadn't seen the TV show. I had no link to it. Um, and just, and I think I watched The Wrath of Khan as a kid. It still didn't have much of an impact. And it's just, I've never, you know, um, oh God. Because what um, Picard and that, that, well, I've forgotten the name of the series. All the series, I've never watched a lot of them. Ah, okay. So I probably know more about the franchise than you do. Yeah, so Deep Space Nine, all that stuff, just don't know. I know very little about it. And I'm not surprised you know more than me. You know more than me about Star Wars by a factor of 10 as well. So, but you enjoyed it. I did. And the the good thing about it is that it's accessible in that you don't need to know a lot about it to enjoy it just for just the sheer entertainment and spec. Oh, good. It's not, it's not gratuitous. It's certainly not as gratuitous as the first two movies. And one of the uh, – and I can't say it was all down to him, but the fact that Simon Pegg co-wrote it uh, I think says an awful lot. For one thing, this movie's got heart. And he's good at writing stuff with heart. He is. And uh, for another thing, and even though you don't know a lot about Star Trek, I assume you know that basically the thing really hinged around the relationship of three of the main characters. So Kirk, Spock, and who else? The Doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
McCoy. Uh, what's the doctor's name? Dr. McCoy. Yeah, it is McCoy. Yeah, cool. Uh, is it Leonard McCoy? Leonard McCoy, yeah. Um, now, in the first two movies, basically, he didn't really have the McCoy didn't have much to do. In this one, he does. He's he's what he does makes a difference. Uh, he's gets involved in the action scenes. There's a lot more of the interplay between the characters that you you used to get in the in the earlier stuff. Now, I mean, granted, you could argue that the next generation, uh, all of the Star Trek shows, I think, succeeded on some level with that. But considering we're dealing with the reboots of the original characters, I think this has been definitely the most successful attempt at doing that. The other thing I quite enjoyed was just how many little nods uh, there were to anyone who's familiar with it. If if you're not familiar with it, it won't make a difference. Uh, you won't notice them and you're not missing anything. But for people who are more familiar with the franchise, there's, there's just bits and, little bits and pieces and they're not, they're not too obvious. Or, well, there's, there's one that's quite obvious, but it's done in such a... It's, it's just very nicely done. Um, but even things like the music, um, some of the musical cues are recognised from the original series. There's, not not direct lifts, but they very much had certain characteristics that you, you anyone who's familiar with uh, what we call classic Trek uh, would would recognise. So that was quite nice. And then there was just little nods here and there to all of the TV shows, all of the uh, from um, the original series, obviously. Uh, little little nod to uh, Next Generation, little nod to Voyager. I don't remember seeing anything about Deep Space Nine in there and uh, a little nod to Enterprise, which I was quite pleased about because I really feel that show got uh, didn't get a, a, a fair run by a lot of people. Mm. But well worth a look. Uh, cool. It's something you can quite easily take your kids to and just have a, a good time with. Uh, there's enough action, there's enough personality, there's enough humour. It just seems to have a... a the, the villain's a little underdeveloped, but that doesn't really matter massively uh, because it, as, as much as anything, the villains are usually a bit of a MacGuffin anyway. They're there to set up the threat yeah. that heroes respond to. So that's not... It's a bit of a waste of... Uh, what's his name? Idris Elba? Could have a quite, yeah. uh, very talented fella. Uh, and he actually appeared in The Office, oddly enough. Um, the US version. Yes. Yes, the US version. Uh, did you actually want to mention that little musical interlude since I've <laughs> it's in that general direction? Yeah, so for those that do like The Office, um, particularly the UK version, um, Ricky Gervais has a movie coming out in a few weeks um, uh, called David Brent, Life on the Road, set after The Office. Um, and if you haven't seen the trailer yet, do check it out or uh, check out the first single from it because it, it all revolves around him being a musician now and there's an album coming out in conjunction with the movie just well worth watching it's the off the effort that they've put into to this is amazing and i, I will i'll back you up on that I, i'm not sure how much our musical tastes coincide but um i will say that it's easily 500 billion times better than anything Passenger has done. Yeah, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. At least Ricky Gervais, sorry, David Brent can sing. That's, <laughs> yeah. 
You can. That's right. So, no, I highly recommend. And just when you said Idris Elba, too, I was um, thinking, uh, when I first brought up his picture, I was thinking it was the guy from Fear the Walking Dead, but it's not. Um, but I know he's been in The Wire and a whole bunch of other things. So, yeah, yep. I'll definitely check that. Anything that Simon Pegg's written, I'm always interested in seeing. Um, I still argue Shaun of the Dead's one of my favourite movies of all time. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really that's a really good movie. I don't know whether he, did he did he write that. I know he obviously started. I don't know whether he wrote that, but I, he wrote co-wrote. Yeah, he probably wrote because it was that hot fuzz, and there was another one. Um, I liked them all. Yeah, that uh, what is it? The world's end is it certainly went in a direction I wasn't quite expecting. Yeah, it, it was not the strongest of those, but I, yeah, I've, I owned that and I, I liked it for what it was. Sort of went a bit Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. In the end, but on the whole, I think it was far less disappointing than uh, pretty much anything, um, any Doctor Who of of late, quite frankly. So, yeah. better watch. So, and. Go on. No, I was going to say Stranger Things. Just when you mentioned Doctor Who, reminded me of Stranger Things again. You've got to watch it. I will watch it. I will put it on my list. Speaking of surreal things, are there, are there any um, cartoons you're aware of that are particularly surreal? Um, Dali's humorous etchings are actually quite... <laughs> Dali is out there. I could give you that. Yeah, I, I don't know if he had a sense of humour. He was a relentless self-promoter. Much like Donald Trump. Nice work. Thank you. I was waiting for the applause. <laughs> what we're referring to here is, uh, and it's it's on Reddit, but basically it's, uh, we'll, we'll put a link. Can we put a link in, David? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's Donald and Hobbs. So basically, I don't even know if it's a, if it's a specific individual who's doing this or it's just a, a bunch of people contributing. I think it is. Either way, it is brilliant. Effectively, it's old Calvin and Hobbes cartoons with uh, Donald Trump's head stuck on top of Calvin. And they're just so beautifully matched and the, and the character just meshes so well. <laughs> with, with you, you just see... Yeah, it's, it's just perfect. I've, it is good. Just... Do yourself a favour and go and have a look at it. Uh, if you don't like it, fine. But I think you, I think whether whether you like Trump or not, you'll probably find you'll probably be able to appreciate the humour at least the at least the truism of it all. So even this one, it's um, so uh, Hobbs says. So what's it like being on TV? And Trump says it's great. Now that I'm on television, I'm different from everybody else. I'm famous, important. Since everyone knows me, everything I do now is newsworthy. I'm a cultural icon. And then Hobbes, uh, Hobbes says, I think your antenna needs adjusting. And then Calvin says, well, Trump says, watch, I'll use my prestige to endorse a product. I mean, it couldn't be more spot on. And it's, it's only, I'm assuming it's only his head that's changed, that they are original strips, or maybe they've set up a template. No, no, no. They're, these are the original text. I've read. It, I've owned enough Calvin and Hobbes books and, and read enough of the strips to know. No, it's just they've just put the appropriate Donald Trump head with the appropriate expression, and some of the expressions are just absolutely priceless. Someone needs to pull these together into a book because yeah, they are so well done. Donald has made a lot of very expressive faces 
and had them captured. And now, now he has found the true, a true uh, outlet for his his wisdom and his his charm and personality and his brand. He's probably going to sue someone. You know that. Yeah, God, yeah. And I'm just looking at the rules on the Reddit, the subreddit. So the strip you paste Trump's head over has to contain dialogue that Trump might actually say. You can edit dialogue so Calvin's name is missing or certain words, perhaps too intelligent for Donald or gone, but just putting Trump's head on Calvin acting like a kid is missing the point. Yes. There you go. Love it. Yeah. Very nice. Now... Do we have anything else to talk about? No, but we've been yapping for a while. Um, unless we're going to talk TV shows, um, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you saw the news. HBO have confirmed Game of Thrones is finishing at the end of season eight. So season seven coming late next year. From memory, it's a shorter amount of episodes. Is it eight? Something uh, like that. It, instead of ten, I think it's uh, it's going to be seven. Seven. There you go. Maybe eight, but I thought it was seven. And okay. then they're not confirming number of episodes for uh, season eight, and then it's all done after that. But I think, like the Star Wars franchise, now I cannot for a minute imagine there's not going to be all sorts of offshoots, prequels, side stories, um, shooting up left, right, and centre. Game of Thrones movies. Would I be right? I, I, look, I can't see why not. If uh, if they can somehow find a way to turn a a wafer thin book about a short person wandering around in the woods into three enormously long movies with too many dwarves, then I don't see any reason why they can't have offshoot movies in the Game of Thrones universe. I see you talking about The Hobbit. I possibly am. Yeah, I, and I, I'm proud to say I've only watched the first one and never watched the remaining two. You haven't missed much. No, a trilogy for a book that's a quarter the size of Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's, well, it's even smaller than that. Yeah, it'd be, so it'd be well under a quarter. You're quite right. Yeah, but it's... Uh, granted, I, I know... I think they grabbed a bunch of stuff from the Silmarillion and, and so yeah. stuck that in there and just fleshed the universe out. And I kind of appreciated that, but still, too long... And yeah. too many dwarves. Yeah, agreed. And some of them just look like cartoon characters. It does, the the makeup was beautifully done, but the makeup design was just uh, weird. And um, I know this is more for Flashpoint, but still pretty excited about Rogue Squadron. It's looking pretty good to me. Yes. Yes, that is looking pretty damn awesome, I have to admit. Better than the it's- Warcraft movie, even. Uh, yes, I'll get around to seeing that eventually. Oh, just, yeah, wait for it to be released on whatever format you choose to watch it in. But, yeah, it's worth a look. I know we discussed that on Flashpoint as well. Yes. Maybe it's time to go. I'm now being derivative. Uh, well, yeah. no, if we use that as a benchmark, we'd never have started these. That, yes, that is true. Well, we could briefly talk about how neither of us um, saw A Killing Joke. Or the Killing yeah, Joke. true. Um I didn't want to trawl around for an illegal copy, so I haven't watched it. And I've heard very mixed reports. Yes, I also have heard mixed reports. Um, Spawny, that is to say, Ben uh, did a, a very appropriate review that I think covered everything off. I have bought it on uh, Google Play, so I will be watching that in the next couple of days. All of my DC movies seem to be, I seem to have bought off Google Play for whatever reason. But. I'd, you're very, I'm very seldom feel I'm very, Actually I don't think I've ever felt like Any of them haven't been worth watching 
they've all been fun. Even even the, uh, the the Teen Titan ones, especially if you've ever seen the Teen Titan show. Did you have you ever seen Teen Titans? No, it's a bit like Star Trek and Star Wars, and this is so not a criticism of DC, but just I was Marvel, not so much DC. Yeah, I I used to think that as well. But looking around me, apart from Star Wars figures, I do seem to have a lot of and well, Deadpool obviously is an exception, but. Everything else is Flash, Batman, the occasional Superman, and a Bat. Yeah, a lot of Batman. Oh, look, and Batman, I would be the first to say, is probably one of the best superhero slash comic characters ever created. I think he'd be better than ninety five percent or ninety eight percent of what Marvel's created. Well, he's certainly got a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of. Uh, a lot of areas to mine. What I'd really like to see, though, is a little less of Kung Fu Batman and a bit, a bit more of Detective Batman. You know, yes. world's greatest detective. That seems to have been forgotten a very long time ago. Now it's all punchy punchy. Well, I'd be hitting this DC up for a title. What punchy punchy Batman? <laughs> you never know. They might take it on. Suddenly, you're the writer of a new Batman title, Punchy Punchy Batman. I like it. <laughs> I'd buy that. <laughs> I have to admit, for the first time in a long time, I've been sucked into buying uh, the Batman's comics uh, since they did the rebirth. Oh, yeah. So I'm just seeing how that pans out. But I'm going to have to cut back on some of the comics I buy because last month's cost me 125 bucks, which yeah, is... Yeah, it's... It, you know, because you're really looking at seven-plus bucks a comic now with the exchange rate. It's terrible. It ain't good. Uh, but and at least with the Marvel ones, you get the digital download, which you can uh, you can read through uh, Marvel.com or Comicsology as well. So that sort of softens the blow a bit. DC are not that generous. And the funny thing is, and I'm aware of the downloads, I've never actually done it. Oh, it's good. But the thing is, it's, there's no point doing it on your phone. You need a decent sized tablet yeah. because they don't support. Uh, it's not supported through any of the computer OSs now. So. You need a decent size, you know, a 10-inch tablet to actually be able to see the artwork properly. Otherwise, uh, the whole thing's kind of pointless because, you know, it's, it's not just the stories. It's, the, it's the, the artwork and the mood and just, just how the images can evoke That's, and see, what's in the story or the, the, the setting that you, you just, you know. It's a bit like watching a movie on your phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really pro. It's a it, you're not doing yourself any favors. So you just remind me. I've shown great restraint. My mum has uh, finally decided to. She's coming up to seventy. She's decided to get a tablet, and we've gone all out for the first one. And she's bought an iPad Pro. Holy crap! Um, and I'm very proud of my restraint. I've ordered it for her, and I'm seeing her in a few weeks, and I, I said, I'll have it set up for you. I've had the iPad Pro here with me in the house for over two weeks, and I still haven't opened the box. Well, you probably should because you'll want to make sure that it's updated. and, and, and I will before, before I see her, but... And you also probably want to spend a couple of weeks testing it just to make sure everything... Well, that's what I, I'm surprised I haven't done yet. <laughs> that's what I mean, showing restraint. Beautiful son would do this for his mother. That, that's right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, if you'll sleep outside in the frost all night, the least I can do is spend a couple of weeks using her device. Yeah, that sounds sounds uh, like equal yeah. acts of devotion. <laughs> hmm. uh, are we done? You're a good son. I think we're done. 
I, I think I've, I've had about as much of this as I can stand. <laughs> yeah, we've got, you know, things to do and people to see or something. Yeah, maybe some Destiny or DC Universe Online to play. Yeah, you know, priorities. Exactly. And, I mean, anyone that's getting annoyed with the schedule, I, Flashpoint is the one we tend to be relatively religious with. This is a, a moving feast as far as times. We do aim for we hate people once a month. It was a week over the month this time. But, uh, you know, we're up to episode uh, well, 16. We're going to be up to episode 50 by 2025. Don't that, you worry. It's, it's, more of a, it's more of a day late because I think Flashpoint got pushed a week back because of availability. And then this has just ended up being two weeks after. I suppose we should have done it a week earlier and then tried to get Flashpoint back on. Yeah, we're just too busy and important, really. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's just hell trying to get, get to my front door, having to beat the mobs back. Well, I spent weeks working on Hillary's speech, and I know you put a fair bit of effort into Melania Trump's one. So I did. Alone. I, I did. I did. I wanted to evoke um, one of the great speeches from 2008. And I think it's <laughs> Let's, Maybe we should set up a political consultancy or a, what do you call it, a, a lobbyist consultancy. I'm sure we'd do great for maybe Barnaby Joyce or... Well, I don't think... I don't think um, where I am in Melbourne is really his... Uh, an area that he's going to find a lot of support in. No, true. Uh, and you are closer to Canberra than I am. Yeah, true. And you can, actually, just going back to driverless cars for a moment, you can rent a Tesla to drive you, yes, to drive you from Sydney to Canberra, even though Tesla says you shouldn't do that and it's actually illegal. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's it's not, right promoting that you can arrive fresh and relaxed after being driven by your car. Yeah, my understanding is, yeah, that's right. In theory, though, you're meant to still be watching the road and have your hands ready to put back on the wheel and so on. Yes, you are. And particularly given none of the car makers have still finalised, not that it's a big issue for the Hume Highway between Sydney and Canberra usually, but uh, all the car manufacturers are still working on the modelling for kangaroos as far as I know the V-dub I was listening to this on the radio the other night. The V-dub scientists have been out to Australia this year to take motion footage of kangaroos in all sorts of different environments so that the V-dub driverless cameras can pick up that movement pattern versus cows and horses and so on. Oh, that's a good idea. Also, they, they need, to, um, need to also accommodate for things like wallabies and drop bears. Uh, and bunyips. Yep, and, and, the, and the huge spiders. Oh, the, you mean the horse spiders, or you just mean the, the, the sort of dog-sized spiders? Dog-sized ones. I mean, okay. the, it's obviously that's that's a bit more of an issue. Yeah. Oh, incidentally, um, for any of our overseas listeners, uh, for all the things you hear about the deadly poisonous things in Australia, yes, yes, we we have all of those. Uh, we also have something called fire devils. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, it's not an animal, but if you've ever seen a dust devil, it's like a little whirlwind. Uh, we have those, but with fire. Yep. Uh, they are quite awesome. Uh, Google it. Have a look on YouTube. There are there are videos, and you can see all of the things we have to contend with in addition to Bill Shorten and um, Malcolm 
who can't shut the hell up. Holy dooly, 200-foot fire devil. Mm. Although that one's in the US, so that doesn't count. No, not at all. It's not a proper one. No, only 200 feet. That's why it's like, only 200 feet. Exactly. It's just <laughs> barely worth mentioning. Oh, there we go. Australia fire. Oh, yeah, this looks cool. Holy dooly. That ate a whole city. They'll do that. If Curtin Springs in Australia's outback counts as a city. Well, yeah, I don't see why not. And on that note... At least we're getting better at dragging these out and not being able to end cleanly. Well, it's just because we just constantly go off on tangents. That's what it's about. Yep. Hopefully Annabelle, our newest fan, is still listening. I think this will be her third or fourth episode. Hope hope you're hanging in there, mate. Congratulations, Annabelle. Uh, It's uh, great to have you here. I'm not quite sure why you are, but welcome anyway. And we always appreciate our ongoing fans. We do. Of which there are too many to name. Yes. With your memory, that's definitely true. (laughs) Yes, your memory. I just hit the eject button on the fighter pilot, on the fighter that is We Hate People. Do you mean you just turned off the recording? No, no, I'm just, I'm hitting the eject seat like, let's get out of here. Oh, right. Oh, your clever turn of praise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just threw me. <laughs> right. Okay. I hate you. Yeah, you're a bastard. As always, I'm not interested in hearing what he has to say, but we're very interested to hear what you have to say. So feel free to let us know what you think. Uh, suggestions for topics, conspiracy theories, death threats, mostly death threats, just send them to David. Uh, contact at oceanicgamer.com. You can follow us on Twitter, David's handle. Is it still at the Oceanic Gamer? Yeah, so I changed it last episode because that's the one I'm on when I'm on there. Right. And uh, I'm at RPG Beats RL. And we're not still sending people to Creative Shed. I haven't updated these stupid notes. We're sending the, where are we, what's the website we're sending people to for previous episodes, David? Uh, www.creativeshed.com. Oh, I did change it. Okay, good. I'm, my admin's slightly better than I thought it was. It's just my memory's worse. <laughs> so you can either go to www.creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. So thank you very much, everyone, for sticking with us for another show and more particularly through this conglomeration of disaster. And, David, say goodnight. Good night. Good night. We'll see you or... No, we won't see you. We won't even hear you. But you'll hear us <laughs> in a month's time. Good night. Good night.